Hi, this is Hannah Langdell and Rachel Hine, Duke Plastic Surgery residents on The Resident Review, a Duke Plastic Surgery podcast. This is a lecture series designed to aid in preparation for our yearly in-service examination. Our goal is to take you through high-yield topics along with experts in their respective fields in order to maximize your knowledge of potential scores. Stay tuned for a message from our sponsor at the end of the podcast. We'll be continuing our quick hit series, which reviews questions from the last five to eight years of in-service exams. And today we'll be discussing hand tumors. And don't forget to visit our website at www.theresonantreview.com to follow along with our outlines. Rachel, why don't you start us off with benign tumors? All right. So first we'll start with benign tumors and we'll go through fingertip to more proximally. The first one is epidermal inclusion cysts. So this is from epidermal cells that are embedded in the dermis, usually as a result of trauma. This is treated with excision. This is also known as a sebaceous cyst. The glomus tumor is a benign hamartomatous lesion or neoplasm. It's most frequently in the fingertip. It, it presents subugnally and symptoms include pain, sensitivity to cold, tenderness on palpation. And sometimes you can see a purple or bluish mass. There are a few different signs that we use for examination. The love sign is extreme pain on direct focal pressure. We are frequently tested on the ice bath immersion test, which will induce extreme sensitivity. This can be imaged with an MRI and treatment is complete excision. A mucus cyst is a ganglion cyst of the DIP joint. It's associated with DIP spurs and bony grooving of the nail. Evaluation is through physical exam and x-rays and x-rays will show DIP osteophytes. The nail grooving occurs by compression of the germinal matrix and treatment is to excise the cyst and remove the bony spurs, which is the inciting event. A pyogenic granuloma is a reactive vascular tumor that rapidly grows in response to minor trauma. And the treatment is excision, shaving, or cauterization of the base, so silver nitrate. Digital fibromatosis is a rapidly growing broad base mass on the dorsal lateral aspects of the finger and is frequently seen in children. And the treatment is wide excision and full thickness skin grafting. A keratocanthoma is a cutaneous lesion similar to squamous cell, although it's benign. It's round, elevated, and has a central crater. It can be found on the dorsum of the hand. It's a variant of squamous cell, and it appears as a red papule on sun-damaged skin that rapidly expands, and the treatment is an excisional biopsy and primary closure. A retinacular cyst is, again, a variation of a ganglion cyst of the tendon sheath seen at the volar MCP. And then a ganglion cyst, which we've been talking about is the most common hand tumor. It arises either dorsally or volarly in the hand or wrist. So volarly, it can arise from the radiocarpal joints, i.e. radioscaphoid or dorsally. The most common is scapholunate ligament. The lowest recurrence rates are with excision, but you can also try aspiration or rupture. This is the Bible cyst that people will talk about. It transilluminates, which we're frequently tested on. And if it's in, it presents itself in a pediatric patient, these can frequently be observed as asymptomatic as they will most spontaneously rupture. A giant cell tumor is a neoplasm of histiocytes. This is typically found on the tendon sheath volarly. It's a rubbery mass, again, most common on the flexor surface. It is slow growing tan and typically multilobulated, and it can be invasive. There are hemosiderin deposits found on pathology and has a high risk of recurrence. So if it asks What's the most common complication recurrence? It does not transilluminate and it needs complete excision. And remember that this, even though it is benign, can metastasize to the lung in one to 5% of patients. An endochondroma is a benign cartilaginous tumor in the bone of the hand. This typically develops in the second or third decade of life. This will show a scalped lytic lesion within the medullary canal of a, the affected bone with scattered calcification. It's most commonly found in the proximal phalanx. 
And it can be associated with Ollier's disease, which is endochondromas and skeletal dysplasia or Mifuchi syndrome, which is multiple endochondromas associated with vascular hemangiomas. The treatment is curatage and bone grafting. Remember 10% of these will recur, but the most likely outcome is normal healing without recurrence, which we've been tested on. It can, you can use a tallgus bone grafting or bone graft substitute. Like I said, the most common location is a proximal phalanx. And then if you find this incidentally in the setting of a fracture, you want to treat the fracture first and then excise and graft later. This can have malignant degeneration into chondrosarcomas, but this is rare. A chondromyxoid fibroma is a benign cartilaginous tumor that really occurs in the upper extremity. And this will be a radiolucent lesion with small sclerotic rims. An osteoid osteoma is a symptomatic osteoma, typically presents with pain at night relieved with NSAIDs and the x-rays will show a target-like lesion. This is formed by hypervascular nidus of osteoblasts with surrounding cortical reactive bone formation and the treatment is curatage and bone grafting. An osteochondroma, which we've been tested on, will have a bone stock and a cartilaginous cap growing from the metaphysis in skeletally immature patients. So it'll frequently present in a pediatric patient. You can treat non-operatively and less symptomatic but wide local excision is in reconstruction is recommended to prevent symptoms. So the last question we had was a patient that had a rib that were locally invasive and the treatment was wide local excision reconstruction. A neurofibroma is a tumor arising within the nerve fascicles. You want to evaluate this with an MRI. This can cause nerve deficits depending on which nerve it is arising from. And you want to think NF1 or von Recklinghausen's disease. If the patient has neurofibromas and cafe au lait spots. A neurolemoma or a schwannoma is a tumor of the schwann or glial cells on the nerve surface. So it is not within the nerve. It is a benign nerve tumor that is painless and it's typically presents in the proximal wrist. Although it can be painful in the digits, you want to diagnose with a tenels and an MRI and you can perform a marginal excision if non-infiltrative. And remember that the MRI will be, will be hyper intense on T2. So the difference between a neurofibroma and a schwannoma is the schwannoma does not affect function of that nerve, but you'll still have a tenels. A neurofibroma can affect the nerve and arises within the nerve. And this neurolimoma or schwannoma is typically associated with neurofibromatosis two, not one. And you can see that in the setting of bilateral acoustic schwannomas. Hannah, why don't you take us through the rest of this? Pseudoaneurysms from arterial wall perforations are treated with exploration and vascular repair if arterial perfusion is needed. Otherwise, they can be excised. For AV malformations of the hand, these are treated with selective intralesional embolization followed by surgical resection. For low flow malformations like venous malformations, these can be excised and they often present with soft compressible masses or sometimes swelling with dependency and rapid growth, growth hormones. Sclerotherapy may be used for larger or more diffuse lesions. The extensor brevis manus originates from the dorsal radial capsule and this can present as a tender dorsal wrist mass distal to the radiocarpal joint and can present as a ganglion cyst, and, but however, it moves with finger movement. A hemangiopericytoma derives from vascular Zimmerman pericytes, and this should be biopsied and then followed by wide local excision. A lipoma is the most common tumor on the body. This importantly does not transilluminate. It is mobile, usually slow growing and soft. And then important to keep in mind gout. And so TOFI present as red nodules with a milky white fluid and gout is treated with anti-inflammatory agents such as colchicine. 
So in terms of malignant tumors, squamous cell carcinoma is the most common malignant tumor in the hand. And then malignant peripheral nerve sheath tumors metastasize to the lung and are the malignant form of the neurofibroma that Rachel was talking about. And these are classified as sarcomas. So soft tissue sarcomas are rare tumors presenting in less than 1% of malignancies. And the workup for a soft tissue sarcoma includes MRI, biopsy, and CT at the chest. So when you perform a, an incisional biopsy, you should use a longitudinal incision for soft tissue masses. Otherwise, things can spread. And then also, you want to make sure that you're using a tourniquet, however, no mark. Treatment, again, includes wide excision, primary reconstruction, and radiation therapy. And you'll need at least a one centimeter margin. So again, transverse biopsies lend itself to higher recurrence rate in sarcomas and an increased need for flap reconstruction. Sanguination of the arm is, again, is not recommended for neoplastic tumors. So you can elevate the arm, compress the brachial artery. Typically, it'll inflate to 250 or 50 to 75 higher than the systolic blood pressure. So an osteosarcoma is the, the most common location for an osteosarcoma is the humerus. And this is the most common malignant tumor of bone. Symptoms include pain and edema, and radiographs reveal a sunburst pattern with periosteal elevation at Commons triangle. An epithelioid sarcoma treatment is preoperative radiation, wide local excision, and chemotherapy if the tumor is greater than 10 centimeters or is high grade. Um, so remember for these preoperative radiation before wide local excision. For a verrucous carcinoma of the fingernail from HPV, you can refer these patients to Mohs, and they can perform graft coverage if the distal phalanx is not involved. Um, and then a final point, suspect neurofibromatosis type 1 with malignant peripheral nerve sheath tumors. So that concludes our talk on, on benign and malignant tumors, and thank you for joining us. Thanks, guys. We would like to thank Allergan for their continued support of our podcast. Allergan Aesthetics is now a part of AbbVie, an international leader in many different therapeutic categories. Many of the topics and therapies we discuss on our podcast are provided by Allergan. They continue to be a leader in the fields of breast reconstruction, abdominal wall reconstruction, medical aesthetics, and much more. Additionally, they are dedicated to supporting the education of plastic surgery residents and plastic surgeons across the country.